sharing the peace and light of Islam with Sirius FM. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh shafat in all our listeners out there. Uh, MashaAllah, alhamdulillah, indeed a wonderful uh, blessed uh, Jumu'ah morning here in uh, Cape Town, shafat. And of course, uh, the weather is uh, to match, you know, that we're still receiving some rain from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all good, all Allah's blessings coming down upon uh, the ummah, this side of uh, the world, G. Now, Mufti Saab, they say the rain in Spain falls mostly on the plain. You know, P-L, yeah, P-L-A-I-N, you know, no, P-L-A, yeah, we know that, yeah, but in, in, in Cape Town now, the rain in Cape Town, where it falls, mostly on the mountain. <laughs> no, the rain actually is, is in and around us, uh, uh, you know, so we have to be very careful because of the amount of rain that's falling and a possible uh, flash uh, floods also coming. So I don't know how's our drainage system, if it is as bad as KZN, we'll only see now after the rain, uh, uh, sort of uh, disappears, inshallah. Yeah, I check up uh, when you have a uh, yeah, you have a heavy rain, the water flying down the mountain, and yeah, as you said, flash floods come with it. Well, Mufti Saab, questions are flying in for you. You always you have a knack of attracting <laughs> lots and lots of questions. There, you're a baraka man, and uh, the first, yeah, mashallah, well done, the Mufti Saab. Baraka flows wherever Mufti Ibrahim Smith goes. Yes, uh, let's look at your first uh, question. It says. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Is it true that uh, Shaitan himself uh, thought uh, Abu Huraira radiyal anhu the idol kursi? Hey, that must be a catnap, man. Go, go ahead, Mufti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Shafat, you know, he, he didn't teach him uh, the actual idol kursi. Abu Huraira radiyal anhu, he knew and he was uh, taught uh, ayatul kursi uh, from the blessed lips of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What shaitan uh, told Abu Huraira Ridulan that if he wants protection from the devil himself, then he must recite uh, ayatul kursi, you know, especially in the morning, especially at night, then uh, himself and uh, his dwelling, his uh, place, his residence, etc. All of those things will be protected from uh, shaitan entering there and uh, shaitan uh, causing waswasa, doubts, and etc. So that is what shaitan basically told him. He said, that is the verse. If you want protection from uh, Iblis, then that is what you have to recite. So he didn't teach him about the existence or, or the power of uh, that particular verse, the greatest verse in the Quran. Uh, Abu Raira, Radlan, he knew that, but uh, shaitan uh, just uh, taught him that uh, you uh, should uh, recite this and then you'll be protected from EG. Uh, this narration is in Bukhari or Muslim Sharif? Yes, it's authentic uh, hadith, uh, Shabbat. It is authentic hadith. It comes in uh, many, many uh, hadith compilations. So it is not a fairy tale or fabrication or anything of that sort. You know, there is a reliable chain of narrators that uh, goes back in the hadith. Well, Mufti says it's a hadith Kutsi, yeah. It's not a daif hadith, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, no, no, no. Get to know your terms, people. Yeah, others say, yes. hey, you know, man, he dived this thing, you know. Hey, you're well educated. You know these terms. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I mean, I've been sitting in your classes and 
of all the ulama there and look, listening to them, you know. And alhamdulillah. Gee. Yeah, when you'll call me to do the media class, you'll make Gee. sure you'll make me wait two hours before I give my one hour. <laughs> <laughs> the longer we keep you, the better, you know, to be in a blessed company. Uh, alhamdulillah, I said, you know, very reciprocal, really enjoy. And I can feel the love and the muhabba. Allah, Allah keep it that way, ya Mufti Sahib. Uh, this question says, Assalamu alaikum. Is it necessary to move uh, one's uh, lips in uh, salah whilst reading Quran? That, that's a very good question. Uh, sometimes people will read salah and there's absolutely no lip movement. So you cannot read Quran from your mind. Uh, that doesn't constitute reading. Reading in this sense when uh, reading or reciting, uh, for that matter, reciting Quran is an appropriate word, then there needs to be lip movement in order to indicate that there is a recitation of the glorious Quran. Otherwise, it won't be uh, uh, regarded as a recitation because when you read Quran, you know, mind shafat, there's other thoughts and other things also happening in your mind at the same time. So that's why that is not counted. In order for Salah to be valid, you know, there should be a lip movement indicating that this person is busy reciting uh, or reciting the glorious Quranji. Uh, Mufti, uh, Turkey reinstated a full uh, normalization with Israel. What does uh, this mean for Palestine or Philistine, uh, Mufti Saab? For Philistine, for Palestine, see, that's the first thing they claim uh, that uh, it won't affect uh, their concern for Palestine. So all of these uh, so-called Islamic countries, they're singing the same song. But uh, they have actually normalized relations to such an extent that Turkey will send an ambassador back to Israel and Israel will send an ambassador to Turkey as well. And they say it's to increase and boost trade relations, etc. But it will still be at the expense of uh, the Palestinian cause, the Palestinian people. You cannot normalize with uh, an apartheid state. You cannot normalize ties with a rogue state. You cannot normalize uh, ties with uh, child killers. All of these things at the end, it will be detriment to the Palestinian cause, you know, because now we're thinking about boosting profits in the economy and not about the plight of the poor Palestinian people are suffering there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and guide all our leaders out there, that they can make the correct decisions and that will have a very, very good impact upon the Ummaji. Ameen, Ameen. Talking about song, I don't know if you remember this one. I was a grapevine in Palestine and they chopped off the trees and they chopped off a hey, Mufti Saab. I don't know Shafar, when you... Shafar, I used to, I used to yes. cry Mufti. Yes, and you know, I saw it physically three weeks ago, I was in Palestine. All those things that you're saying now, or the lyrics of that, that this is actual, uh, actually happening in Palestine. The grapevines is chopped off, the olive trees are destroyed, all the forestry, etc. So there's no uh, basic livelihood. Uh, they've been uh, robbed of all those things to make a place for settlers and settler buildings for those people to come and live there, you know, at the expense of the Palestinian people. Yeah, it's like a never-ending story. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Uh, should the exchange of wedding rings uh, between couples be done privately or in front of an audience, uh, Mufti Saab? Shafat, you know, the concept of wedding rings, uh, there's no such thing in Islam. There's no a basis and foundation for wedding rings. Uh, wedding rings, in this case, will be considered as a gift uh, from uh, the husband to his wife or from the wife to the husband. So that can be done in in, uh, in privacy, you know, in a private uh, place uh, with utmost uh, uh, rules of privacy, etc. It just does not need to be done in a public uh, space or a public uh, place, you know, it's not for the people to see because it is an exchange of gifts between uh, two parties that just got married. But uh, saying that it's this part of the nikah, part of the wedding ceremony, etc., there's no foundation, no uh, basis for that in Islam, Ji. Uh, Mufti Saab, if the body of the deceased uh, feels uh, heavy, 
when it is carried on a people's shoulder at the time of a burial. Does it indicate that his bad deeds exceeded his good deeds, Mufti? No, it does not indicate that, you know, a person's body, uh, a dead mess, uh, they call it, uh, it is normally uh, greater than when a person is alive. So when the soul leaves the body, then the, the body feels more uh, weightier because it becomes bloated and it is pure meat and muscle that you are carrying. It is not uh, indicative of a person's good deeds or a person's sin. So like the time of, uh, you know, one Sahabi, Radulani, who was killed, and uh, the Munafikin came and they carried his uh, body and they said his body feels very, very light. So this person did little good. But in actual fact, it was not that. Uh, it was, in fact, angels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down in order to help and carry the body of uh, Sa'ad radiallahu anhu. That was his name. So in this case, we do not have any knowledge about the unseen. So we cannot say it is because of his sins. Might be that Allah has just forgiven him prior to his demise. We don't know that also. So we must always have husnu done thing good of uh, our people, our dearly departed Jeep. Yeah, a good point indeed. I mean, if the guy was a, a very healthy brother, you know, had a big mass, I say, hey, and he was, a, you know, like an only Allah, and he was a man that read his Sadatul Chast and Tazbi, and you go and say, yeah, you know what, his body is so heavy and bad deeds. Uh, you made a very valid point indeed, uh, Mufti Sahib, very valid indeed. Yeah. Uh, this question says, uh, can, uh, yeah, we read that one, can two uh, step siblings uh, marry each other, the husband's uh, daughter, and the wife's son. Things are getting uh, complicated here, Mufti. <laughs> yeah, but it's not actually complicated. When a man gets married to a woman and the man has his own children and the wife has her own children, there's no relationship between those children. There's no blood relationship, nothing. So it is completely permissible for those uh, children to get married to one another. That uh, There is no uh, ambiguity regarding that. And uh, there's no misconception regarding that also because it is a person getting married to another woman and he has his own children. So he's the father of his children. She is the father. She is the mother of her children. So it's completely permissible for step-siblings uh, to get uh, married, uh, Shafaji. Okay, you got that. Uh, yeah, Mufti Saab has given his a verdict there. Mufti, how do we reply to the sneezing of a non-Muslim? Hey, they tell you to when they're there, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, or there's uh, people normally say, you know, the Europeans. As for Muslims, uh, Shafat, you know, Rasulullah uh, the Jews used to sneeze in front of Rasulullah hoping that uh, he would make uh, make dua for them. This is uh, how uh, they understood that uh, Rasulullah's dua, despite not believing in him, they knew that his dua was accepted. So instead of making dua of mercy for them, Rasulullah uh, used to say, Yahdi kumullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide you know, and correct your affairs, meaning may he bring you closer to the religion of Islam so that you can accept it. For a Muslim, we know how to respond when a Muslim sneezes. We, we will say, Yarhamukumullah, may Allah have mercy upon you. But for a non-Muslim, we will say, Yahdikumullah, wayusnihubalakum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide you to Islam and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correct your affairs. So that is what Rasulullah did when Jews uh, sort of sneezed in front of him, and that is what we can do as Muslims also, G. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it says that uh, when Adam alayhi salam, I don't know how true this is, Mufti Saab, when Adam alayhi salam used to sneeze, hey, his heart used to stop, and uh, that's why it's a, uh, Ya Rahmukullah, Alhamdulillah. How true is that, uh, Mufti Saab? Uh, 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 scientifically, the uh, medical fraternity will tell you 
that when a person sneezes, uh, then uh, that uh, a few seconds or second, then his heart stops. You know, so uh, I'm not uh, in, in in the medical uh, field, so I cannot say for a certainty. But for, from a religious text point of view, uh, there's no credible reference for that statement as well, uh, Shafat. So that's why we cannot verify it, and neither can we uh, sort of deny it. Also, it is just something that uh, is on the tongues of the people. G. Hey, hey, yeah, check how I. I like to know. I thought I read it somewhere, but anyway, it was a medical fact that I read. I moved this up, and yeah. I took it right to my great, 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 great grandfather. Hey, I'll tell him. You know what? I knew when you sneezed at that time what happened. How you knew? I said, no, I just got to know. Muftisab, uh, does a person's <laughs> does a person's uh, marriage invalidate uh, when he utters words of kufr? Yes, when a person uh, perf- uh, commits an act of kufr or he utters such a statement that takes him out of the fold of Islam, uh, any uh, sort of kufr statement, you know, there's different uh, categories in uh, various levels of kufr. But in this sense, he makes a kufr statement. Uh, for example, a person says, no, a salah is not for me, or he belittles salah, etc., which takes him out of the fold of Islam, or he doesn't believe in the validity of salah, that salah is wajib upon him. Just for example, now I'm, uh, I'm saying, and then that person is exited Islam. So in that case, when he re-enters Islam, he needs to recite his kalima again. And after reciting his kalima, he will have to uh, renew his uh, nikah again also because his nikah broke at that time. That's why we should be very, very careful what type of statements we, we make, whether it is verbally, whether it is a written type of statements, you know, all these things will count against us. And sometimes if we don't have knowledge, uh, then we'll stay in that nikah without knowing that the nikah is actually uh, broken. And that's why it is good then to ask uh, ulama regarding such a situation so that you can renew your nikah. Assalamu alaikum mufti. Can I pay my zakah on a monthly basis? Yes, you'll have to calculate your zakat and then you can make a debit order or you can pay it to whomsoever you feel is deserving of uh, that zakat, uh, if they are zakatable. And then you calculate uh, those payments, uh, Shafat, and at the end of the lunar Islamic lunar year, you will see that if you've uh, paid uh, more zakat or if there's still some zakat due, and uh, you will balance your account also, G. Mufti Saab, if uh, gender-based violence is uh, prohibited uh, for women, Will it also be the same if a woman abused their husband? It is exactly the same now. We're in August, which is normally uh, known as Women's Month, you know. But uh, many people are silent about issues where men are actually abused in a uh, relationship, in a nikah also. So these things, uh, it, it goes both ways. As we respect the women's rights, we have to respect the rights of husbands as well also. So it is not permissible for a man uh, to lift uh, his hands and beat his wife silly or abuse her verbally or physically, etc., and uh, disgrace her publicly, all of these things. So likewise, it is not permissible for the wife then to do exactly the same to her husband. Both ways should be respected, G. Yeah, Mufti Saab, there's a question on the screen, and Yusuf said, hey, I'm not too sure. Well, Yusuf is there, we let's go for it. Mufti Saab, what is the general opinion on people who insult the ulama, calling them monkeys and reverends, uh, Mufti? <laughs> yes, uh, Shafat, you know, so we should be very, very careful in uh, slandering people or attributing things to people which are not uh, relevant or attributing things to people uh, which people are 
uh, are, are sort of uh, not entitled to. So people will slander ulama, people will vilify ulama, etc. Then sometimes ulama will commit things in public which uh, should be addressed in public also. They will commit crimes because they're all human. Uh, in these crimes, uh, they'll commit it in uh, public also. So then it should be addressed in uh, public. So, for example, if you take the term uh, reverend, uh, if a person uh, or an alim likes to visit churches, he loves interfaith, etc., and uh, or people, uh, for example, uh, uh, in the audience will address uh, the particular Molina as a reverend, then what can we do? He's supposed not to be there in the first place. So people should refrain from those places where they will be stigmatized and branded. And then if this becomes public knowledge, then who can stop it? Shafat, the alim in the first case is a knowledgeable person. He's supposed to refrain from uh, these type of things, you know, so we should be careful also how we slander and how we address and how uh, we uh, tackle these type of issues. If we can reprimand them, reprimand them in a good way. If they fail to listen, then you increase the level uh, that how you're going to reprimand them also. So that is also permissible. Yeah, you know, one would have thought Nabi Muhammad would have refrained. Wouldn't have allowed that. I mean, it would never come in the minds of people. But anyway, let it be Mufti Saab. Mufti, Mufti, did, uh, some wives of the Prophet, uh, وسلم, did they poison him, uh, Mufti Saab? Well, you know, that uh, should not even cross the mind of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the mind of the Muslim Ummah, uh, the Rasulullah وسلم, and uh, his wives, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called his wives Ummahatu meaning that they are the mothers of the believers and they are far exalted and above whoever wants to attribute any wrong or harm to them. So that is the belief of uh, uh, the Shia. Uh, it is not uh, the belief of the Muslims. It is belief of the Shia that uh, Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala anha, the daughter of Sayyidina Umar, and Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, the daughter of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anha, that uh, they poisoned uh, Rasulullah sallam. It is a false belief. It is a concocted, fabricated belief. It is not the belief of a Muslim. It is the belief of people who follow the religion of Shiism. G. Now, Mufti Sahib, where do, I mean, stories like this, where do they manifest and what type of uh, tradition is it coming from? I mean, the books, what books are they quoting? It is not actually in our books. It is in a book uh, called uh, Tafsir Al-Ayashi, uh, which is a, a Shia commentary on a certain verses of the Quran. A reference of this you'll find in uh, that particular book. But now what people do, they screen grab this, they post it, they type it, and it gets circulated on social media. And uh, 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 similarly to what uh, that uh, ANC cadre uh, 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 spoke about the other time here on the 10th of Ash, uh, Muharram Ashura here in uh, Cape Town which caused a storm you know he also referred to the martyrdom of Rasulullah thus uh, implying that uh, he was uh, poisoned by his uh, uh, two wives uh, Hafsa and Aisha Siddiqa so that uh, is how these uh, concocted beliefs uh, creeps upon the Ummah we should be very very careful who we listen to and uh, what we read especially on social media Shivaji. Ah, it's very important uh, that our youngsters uh, should be kept, uh, you know, aware of uh, things like this happening. Otherwise, you know, it can cause so much of confusion. And, uh, you know, the enemies of Islam, I mean, uh, this is what they're waiting for, things like this. Uh, they feel the gee. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy indeed uh, that things like this uh, do manifest. Uh, moving on, uh, Mufti Saab, uh, this question says, does an internal pregnancy test necessitate a further gusal, uh, Mufti Saab? 
No, see, when a female goes for internal uh, for an internal uh, inspection uh, at the gynae or at her doctor, etc., so normally there'll be certain things inserted, but that does not necessitate ghusl. It will, however, invalidate a person's hudu. So hudu needs to be uh, renewed in order to perform salah, but there is no need to perform a fard ghusl. But if a person feels uh, that uh, she wants to take a sunnah ghusl, then no problem with that also, Shafat, because normally they're using various types of gels and liquids, etc. So a person likes to keep uh, their bodies clean, you know, so there's no problem in harm if a person wants to take a can we give Isal a sawab for their living as well? Yes, Isal a sawab is not only for the deceased. Sometimes we'll read a Quran khatam. Sometimes we'll give a charity uh, on behalf of our parents, our grandparents, so those who passed away generally Shafat, and I will include only the deceased. However, it is quite permissible to do it for the living as well. You give charity on behalf of a person who's still alive, or you read uh, some verses of the Quran and you make him a shareholder and a part in the rewards that you have recited. So Isali Sawab is both for deceased people, and it is also valid for those who are still alive also, Ji. Can one recite Allahu Akbar when carrying the, dece- uh, the deceased? Allahu Akbar is actually the takbir. So sometimes you'll see a janazah people are making takbir, etc. So the correct procedure is to remain silent. If you want to make dhikr, make dhikr softly so that only you understand uh, what type of dhikr you are making, you know. But generally you have to remain silent, you have to reflect. Uh, 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 regarding the disease that you are carrying to his grave, you have to think about that will be your root also very, very soon. So all these things, you know, you have to uh, be careful and uh, not go uh, away and stray away from the sunnah also. Yeah, Mufti Saba, this question says, is reading uh, Harry Potter novels uh, associated with the seer, with witchcraft, with black magic and all these things. Hey, Harry Potter, you can go Potter's uh, Mufti Saba. Harry Pothead, that is what I normally call him, you know, because he's forever goofed, that guy, you can see he smokes ganja, so I call him Harry Pothead, but uh, nevertheless, yes, it is filled with fairy tales, filled with stories of magic, all things uh, that uh, we do not uh, believe in, you know, so we should be very, very careful, because sometimes uh, children, when they see these things, and then they believe they will also have uh, uh, superpowers, you know, then you have a lot of heads walking around here, and that's why people get attracted to all of these things, uh, Shafat, so we should be careful what type of information, what type of literature, and uh, what type of things our children watch. Nowadays on the phones, we don't even know as parents what they're streaming, uh, and uh, what they're watching on on their devices as well, on their tablets, on their laptops, so it's best to refrain from all of these things. Hey, I tell you, uh, Yusuf, that brother is bald head, and that brother, yeah, Mufti Rekhazolid. Hey, that's the truth, Shafat. <laughs> yeah, okay, we leave it at that. Ballhead and Zonhead. Uh, Mufti Saab, any thoughts uh, on, uh, uh, you know, the attacks on uh, Salman Rushdie? I mean, Ahmed did that already. He did uh, justice to the satanic verses in 89, you know. He went, he gave a lecture tour in Cape Town. Then he went to Wembley in the UK. And, uh, you know, he turned the tables against the West, who were at that time protecting uh, uh, Salman Rushdie with their life and with their soul. Uh, what's your thoughts and views on the recent attacks, Abu Shafat, uh, they're still protecting him. The West is still protecting him. In fact, uh, they call him Sir Salman Rushdie. Uh, he's a atheist, you know, he doesn't believe in Islam, despite uh, being 
born into a Muslim home. So you will only get, and worse, you will get if you make blasphemous statements against the Quran and statements against the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So what has happened to him is quite mild. It is adabul adana, the smaller punishment. The major punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still coming. I have absolutely no sympathy with a man. And remember the West are promoting a, a religious free, a freedom and freedom of speech, etc. So it is okay for us to slander and for them to slander us, but we cannot uh, slander them back. This is what the West is actually promoting. So what happened to him is still mild and what will happen to him will be more severe uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decision comes to pass. Gee. Yeah, the tragedy of uh, the whole thing is he was born into a family a Muslim family, his relatives are Muslims. And, uh, you know, according to him, I was uh, watching one of his uh, earlier interviews uh, and they asked him about uh, the book and I think the uh, interviewer told him, it seems as if uh, that uh, you uh, were writing that book, uh, but, uh, you know, as a Muslim, you should have known that, uh, you know, you you will antagonize the Muslims. And he said, no, no, no. It was only in my dream and I was having imaginary characteristics. I said, but the, I mean, the non-Muslim interviewer is telling him, but uh, you were picking on the prophet's wives and, you know, you brought them into an unsavory situation. And that. No, no, he said, no, they were not the prophet's wives, but, the, you know, they had the prophet's wives' names and so forth and this and that. But uh, playing a linguistic uh, gymnastics, I mean, that wouldn't let him through. But it seems as if, uh, you know, what I gathered from that interview was uh, that... Uh, uh, that Salman Rushdie and uh, Khomeini, they ha- had it in for each other. How true was that, uh, Mufti Saab? Yes, they had it for each other because, uh, remember, Khomeini actually put a bounty on his head, uh, increased that bounty to 3 million US dollars, you know, and then after some pressure from the West, he said, now that we've left that fatwa alone, uh, we, we, we don't uh, endorse it anymore. And that's how uh, Rushdie came off the hook. But it doesn't mean because the attacker that attacked him, that's also Shia guy, the guy that got arrested. So that bounty, mm-hmm. that fatwa is still on his head. Uh, when you read the news reports, you'll see, I think he's 24-year-old, uh, with extreme Shiite views, that is what the news report says. So that bounty and that thing is still on his head, you know. So uh, that's why I say that I would no sympathy from my side. There should be no sympathy from the Ummah of Rasulullah regarding this uh, Murtad, this atheist, who wrote against uh, our glorious Quran and against uh, the Prophet Sallallahu And then uh, uh, subsequently he goes and writes another book, uh, which was known as Harun. And Harun is, I think, the name of his son. So he writes a book, uh, Harun. It's about him giving a story about, you know, he's got no freedom as a writer and so forth but explaining to his son what it's all about. And guess who's the other person in the book he's referring to? Take a guess, Mufti. Khomeini. Hey, you hit it on the head. Yeah, he's a genius, man. Yes, because he wrote the book in third person. He wrote it in third person. Yes, uh, yes uh, you know, so so to take the heat off from him. So that's why I wrote that book in uh, in third person. It's all money-making uh, because he had a huge following from uh, the people amongst the West and uh, they were buying up his, his uh, rubbish literature. So he made millions and from there he moved from the UK, he moved uh, to the uh, US and this is where the incident happened. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, the... Uh I mean, the publishers, uh, the, 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 the first publisher, you know, when he went with the idea of, uh, uh, you know, this uh, satanic verses, and he told them, this is what I'm going to write about, and these are, you know, my intentions, and this is what it's going to be. They gave him, just for that idea, guess how much, Mufti Zab? They gave him, they gave him $800,000. They said, okay, go yeah, for it. Salam. About that $800,000, he was busy 
writing this. So it was backed by the Shaitanya movement. It, it was is. written by a devilish uh, character. And there it is. I mean, uh, he's done it. But, you know, 30 years later, I mean, divine decree has come to the fore. And, uh, you know, the attack, as you said, has been uh, quite a serious one, uh, Mufti Saab. But yes. uh, as you can see that, uh, you know, uh, we do have uh, those, uh, you know, in the house of Islam that are captured and that compromise themselves when they do the bidding on behalf of uh, the enemies of Islam also, Mufti Saab. And only for a short while because this life is temporary and uh, soon they will have to cross over into the year after and no one will benefit them there, not even uh, their money. I mean, his left scar now, most probably he lose an eye also. His uh, torso was punctured. His, I don't know what else they stabbed of him and what type of weapon was used also. But uh, I read he's still his frisky self, you know, smiling and laughing and making jokes. So even there, he doesn't even repent. Allah gave him an opportunity to re-embrace Islam and, uh, you know, to make Toba there also. I think his heart is sealed, Shafat, and nothing good will penetrate the gene. You know, uh, you recall that, that uh, he said, okay, I apologize. And then, then the people said, no, 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 that's not good enough. Apologizing is one thing. Go and take that book off the shelves. We don't want those books to be, you know, circulated. Take it off the shelves and, you know what, give all that money away to charity. Go give it to some poor people. But he wouldn't do that. He didn't even take the book off the ch- uh, shelf because uh, apology is easy, Mufti Saab. Your thoughts? Apology, uh, that was an all apology with absolutely no substance. It was only to appease certain groups of people and take the bounty off his head. It wasn't a genuine, sincere apology and neither was it Toba. He didn't make Toba and repent for what he wrote, you know, because then you'd have destroyed the literature like you've uh, said now, but uh, there we know that he is still receiving uh, backing and financial uh, backing from the West to write against Islam, Shafat. You know, Ahmad did that. Uh, what he did, he read the book. I mean, we, we had it. The, the first country to ban the book, I believe, was India. And the second country was South Africa. So what happened here, Mufti Saab, uh, when Didat read the book and he said, hey, better, you know what? We can turn the tables against the West because they were protecting me at that time. And he yes. took out all the, he was actually sweating. Ma- Margaret Thatcher, he swore a white woman. He swore, you know, he said a black man, white man. And he wrote to some heavy, you know, things that I can't even tell you on air about yes. each other there and what they do to each other. And this is what Ahmad did that, that he took it to, uh, uh, to the UK and he said, uh, how Rushdie fooled the West. And he kept, told them what he says about the Queen and what he says about uh, Margaret Thatcher, what he says about the West in general. And, uh, you know, they were quite taken aback. He says, yes. now, you are going to go for Salman Rushdie. You are going to go and put a bounty on his head because what he's swearing you, left, right and center, with the, you know, with some, super, uh, some superlatives from the Hindi language. <laughs> you know what uh, language yes. that is. I know you heard that uh, when you went to India and all that. But uh, this is what, uh, and uh, that was a that's, uh, you know, a stroke of genius uh, uh, from him for turning the tables and, uh, he did uh, make a uh, statement, but you know, there's no one like D that anymore that can stand up and say, or even yeah, and say, look at him because of uh, he's, he's not learning. This man is not learning. Yes. Your thoughts, are Mufti Saab? No, no, I agree, Shavad. We need more a vibrant uh, scholars, you know, that can defend Islam both uh, in a written form and uh, both both uh, orally also. So uh, those people, they uh, they died, you know, they passed away. They crossed over Ahmadinejad, rahimullah ta'ala. And uh, we make the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send us more scholars uh, that will defend Islam. But uh, see, even he wrote against the West. 
this uh, Rushdie chap, but they didn't take him to task. Why? Because they considered that minor mm. compared to what he wrote against Islam. That was a cherry on top. So they were more focused on what he wrote about Islam, that they were willing uh, to forgive what he wrote about them. See, that, that is double standards, uh, Shafat, and uh, this is how he was repaid, by having a few, a few punctured holes and most probably a busted eye uh, as well. And like I said, that is only a small punishment. The major one will still come upon him. Pisaba, mashallah, morning with you. Lovely questions have come through. Your parting words? Allah, Allah protect us from uh, such uh, devilish uh, characters, uh, Shafat. And Allah restore the ummah, the izzah to this ummah and protect us all and grant us good leaders and good leadership as well. Wa ma tafiq ila bilahi wa alhamdulillah rabbil alamina. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And to all of you, jazakumullah khairan for all your questions. Really added a beautiful morning, a lovely morning, and Yusuf Asmal, great tech, brilliant engineering as uh, usual, and uh, keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful broadcasting and uh, lovely nasheeds interspersed. Coming up will be the spiritual hour with uh, the 40 Darud's eyes from the Noble Quran, and the Qutbah, uh, live uh, from the Holy Lands, uh, the uh, Jumma Qutbah translation being uh, given by Mufti A.K. Hussein. From the time and, uh, from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you, Assalamu alaikum. ورحمة الله وبركاته